and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? What's up, David? Should, should we turn this into the Hurricanes basketball podcast for the um, next I'll few weeks? I'll do one of those with Michelle Kaufman uh, in the next 24 hours here as we get ready for the uh, for the Sweet 16. Um but yeah, should we start with like two minutes of that at the top? That was that was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, no, it, like kick the kick the crap out of Auburn. Yeah, I mean it's not. Yeah, they didn't just like upset Auburn by three points. Like they dominated. <laughs> like Auburn didn't even they didn't have a lead right all all game. I think. No, they, like they won by they double digits. Never led. I think Miami yeah. went up like four nothing or something, and so Auburn never led. It kind of remind like they they remind me of the Heat a little bit. In the sense of like the way they play defense and they're so aggressive and trapping and they play small and they're just really fast um, that they, t- they catch teams off guard, you know. Like I, yeah. I saw like Bruce Pearl said after the game, like they haven't been punched in the mouth like that. Like you can't simulate that speed, you know, on that on that. Right, unless you have four yeah. guards like they have, and really, you know, they've got you know even their backup guards who don't do you know they really really just kind of play their top five for the most part. But even those those two young guards, Harlan Beverly and and Wuga Poplar, come in and you know they're not as good obviously as those other guys, but they're fit right that arch- archetype. It's really hard to simulate. Coach L deserves his flowers, and I don't yeah. know if you saw this yesterday, uh, David. I think Reynolds tweeted it. It was his question before the Heat played the Seventy Sixers in the you know supposed pregame media session. Oh yeah, Reynolds um, from the Associated Press asked Spo just about Coach L. Yeah. I asked Coach, asked him about Coach, asked Spo about Coach L and this, you know, the Hurricanes basketball success, and if he saw any similarities in kind of the consistency around the UN basketball program, and obviously the Heat's consistency with their coaching staff and front office. And Spo said yes, and then he, he kind of campaigned while saying, you know, I hope Jim still has a lot of basketball left. He's still as young as he's ever been, and you know, complimenting Jim, but then said, but I hope when the day comes where. Coach is ready to step down or retire. That Chris Caputo is the next coach. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that is that is kind of the plan. I would. I don't know that for sure. Obviously, they've never announced this, but what uh, L announced got an extension a couple weeks back. I think right uh, right before the, they started the ACC tournament, um, and you know that'll take them to. He's pretty close to to eighty, and you know you would think at, at that point, at, at some point here, if things are going well. Then that's I'm, I'd be like shocked if they don't announce that as a succession plan because that's obviously pretty common in college basketball um, for recruiting purposes. Caputo's been like the recruiter for that team for a long time. Um, obviously, he's worked with Jim Laranega going back to their days at George Mason. So um, yeah, they, they, they've got a good thing going right now. Though they're gonna have a, a rebuild ahead of them next year, but um, with all these old guys. But yeah, it's it's been really fun to watch them really all season and obviously. College basketball doesn't get the love in this market like it does in, you know, my hometown of Maryland or obviously in, in North Carolina or Kentucky or, or some of these other places. But um, people obviously excited about them this week. And, uh, you know, they, that Auburn is the, the guy who's going to be probably number one pick in the, in the NBA draft coming up in, in Jabari Smith. And, you know, he didn't make shots. And maybe if he made shots, it would have been different. But, yeah, Miami is uh, – they they punch them in the mouth. That's what you can do when you have a bunch of old guys, and um, they're you know they're just like my favorite style of college basketball team. Like my other than like the teams that I rooted for growing up, my favorite teams are always those 
the Villanova teams with Kyle Lowry, actually. Kyle Lowry and the Scotty Randall. They always would play four guards. Drew, um, uh, what was the white guy they had? I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Um, but Alan Ray was on those teams. Um, oh, Brandy Alan Ray. Foy. I love that name. I Randy, that. Randy Foy. Um, yeah. yeah, they would always play four guards. Dante Cunningham, I think, was their center. And they, it was similar. You know, they, they were more of an offensive minded three point shooting team than, than Miami. But I love those four guard college teams. It's amazing. I mean, Mark Cristobal has been here for three months. It's amazing what he could do to change the program. <laughs> I have to, I didn't have that. I, I think know, it was, was that a Reddit? That was a tweet. PSA? That was a tweet, yeah. I just, that was funny. When I saw that, I laughed. Yeah. So I had to, I had to. Oh, there, there are people out there who, who think the new athletic director is like, came in and was like, you've got to win now or you're going to get fired. Um, Man, if only, yeah, if only, you know, only if only it was that easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> got to win now and then just start winning. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, a lot of people throwing out that, that Charlie Moore and Kyle Lowry comparison, too, which I hadn't even thought about when we were just talking about it before we started recording. But that he's one of the, he's a Villanova guy. I said I love those Villanova teams. Um, and you, you were saying you, that's your Charlie Moore is your favorite guy because he looks like Kyle Lowry. Yeah, just like watching him play. And I no, obviously, I, I don't get the chance to watch him that much because, you know, overlaps with the Heat a lot. But yeah. just in the few games I've watched him, and especially against Auburn in the first-round game, just the, this, the pace he plays with, he always seems under control. Um, really smart player, you know, similar body types. Like, they really reminds me of Kyle. Like, I don't even think there's a better – I can't think of another NBA comparison for him. Like, they look they, they look alike, they play alike. You know, I'm not saying he's going to beat Kyle Lowry in the NBA, yeah. but just their style of play reminds me of each other. Yeah. Uh, before we like get way too much onto my basketball, I, I I am kind of curious what the draft future is going to hold for a lot of these guys because, or not draft necessarily, because you know Charlie Moore and, and Cam Augusti I think are both 24 years old. Like they're not going to get drafted in all likelihood um, when you're that old. But like I don't know, they, two, two guys, years older than Tyler Hero by the way, crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like the guys that all just typically don't get drafted, but like. I don't know. Like, can can you see it, like Charlie Moore being like a Heat G League guy? Like he kind of like he feel, feels like he fits that archetype. Or Cam Augusti will hang around, I'm sure, in the G League, and and Isaiah Wong, I think. Just uh, Isaiah Wong is interesting. He's boosting. You know, he's been always kind of like a draft prospect. Yeah. Um, not like a first round guy necessarily, but um, he put on a show on uh, Sunday. To Saturday, Sunday. That dunk. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. And then, be able to, I don't know if you watched it, but, like, the Arizona kid won up that dunk, like, 30 yeah, minutes so. later in that game. Will you be able that to watch? Be, like, a lottery pick. Will you be able to watch Friday's game? Because I know you'll be covering. Like it's 10 o'clock tip, probably. Maybe a little later. i got to hope the early game goes to overtime. I'm covering the heat for Anthony uh, this on, on Friday. So, what, is it an 8 o'clock game on Friday? It's an 8 o'clock game. It's against the Knicks, so could be a blowout. Yeah. Maybe you'll be done quick. Game's on by 10.30. Maybe I can be done. Post-game. Catch the second half. Yeah. Yeah, catch, hustle home, catch the second half. Yeah. Watch watch the second. Watch some of it while I'm writing in the media room. I'm sure yeah. someone will have it in the media room. Yeah, have so. it on for sure. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the Heat. Who lost. We're recording uh, Tuesday afternoon. Anthony just landed back in Miami after uh, a couple of days up in Philly. Um, not the best night for the Heat in Philly on Monday night. Um, the Sixers without Joel Embiid and without uh, James Harden beat the Heat. Um, Tyrese Maxey, I love Tyrese Maxey. Um, 
but not not with not what you want to do. The Heat obviously still very obviously going for that one seed. Still in, in very good shape to get the one seed. Now up two and a half games uh, with what do we have? Ten to go. Ten to go. Yeah, yeah. ten to go. So you know odds are still very good that they're going to get that right. number one seed. But um, you know last night just was kind of like those flaws that we've kind of spent the last couple months nitpicking with this team uh, kind of came to the fore, right? The the fourth quarter was not great. Um, Tyler Hero kind of got picked on in, in the fourth quarter in particular. Um, what, what, what stood out to you from last night and what, how did the Heat react to that? It feels like a, a chance for them to kind of yeah. stress some of these things that we've been talking about and that they, maybe they've been let slipping a little bit. I mean, obviously they weren't happy, but yeah. they didn't seem too upset. They kind of saw it as a, at least it made it seem publicly like it was just, you know, one of those games that it happens in, in a season. But you and I have talked about this for months now. The biggest concern with this team is half-court offense and late-game offense. Um, and it was not good in Philadelphia at all. Um, but the difference was that the late-game defense was also very bad, which that hasn't been the case this year. Right, that is unusual. Yeah, like before Monday's loss in Philadelphia, he had the fifth best clutch defense in the NBA. After that game, and it's because it's such a limited sample. I mean, you have three or four clutch minutes in clutch games, so it's not a big sample. But to tell you how bad it was, it went from fifth to twelfth <laughs> in one game. That's how bad the defense was. I think the Sixers shot like seventy percent from the field. Um, they hunted Tyler Hero. It was not, it was not anything like I was. I watched the fourth quarter back again, and they basically ran like a three-man weave and just kept handing the ball off until they got Tyler Hero as, their, as a matchup, whoever it was. Usually it was Tyrese Maxey. Sometimes it was Shake Miller. wheel. Sometimes it was Weave, sorry. I, mean, I yeah. believe the wheel is what you call that, right, when you keep cycling at the top of the key? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, wheel, weave. Yeah, that's okay. fine. All right. Either way. Either way, yeah. So, um, and they, 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 I mean, they went right at Tyler. And Tyler, you know, he, he was able to stay in front of them, he didn't do a poor job. He challenged their shots. They made some tough shots over him. Um, but, you know, he's... They're short arms. He's limited, back to right. Haunt him. He's not a, you know, he's not he's gained muscle, but he's still not, you know, yeah. the strongest guy on the court. And, yeah, his wingspan, I know it's been a critique of his ever since he got drafted. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a preview of what teams are going to try to do against the Heat in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think the key is, the, you know, on the back end... The Heat's defense is designed to kind of close the gaps and help and close the paint. They've done that pretty well this season, mm-hmm. um, but they just could not get it done uh, late in the game. And I thought I think that's what they were most frustrated about. I think every guy like Bam, Jimmy, Kyle, who spoke after their last night's loss, spoke about not being able to close the gaps quick enough. Like the help defense just wasn't there. So they left Tyler on an island and, and Philly took advantage. So, yeah, it just highlighted kind of our concern with the offense late in games, but then – Defensively, it was a preview of what the Heat can expect in the playoffs. And it's not a surprise. I mean, teams are going right. to go after Tyler on defense. They're going to go after Duncan on defense. They're going to go after Max Struess on defense um, pretty consistently if they're out there. So um, you know, that's something they'll need to address. And, uh, you know, that was just a reminder that they'll need to do that. Are you surprised? It kind of felt like that was the first time someone really did that in the fourth quarter against the Heat. And, you know, it's a regular season, so you're not, like, doing specific game plans to that degree necessarily all the time. Were you surprised it kind of took this long for someone to do it? Or, no. on the flip side, were you surprised they broke it out now and 
you know, like why, why'd they break that, that such a specific game plan out, out last night rather than in, I don't know, two months when they might be in the yeah. playoffs. That's an interesting point. Like I, the one game I can remember where they also did, the team also tried to do that, uh, was the Toronto triple overtime game. <laughs> <laughs> they just consistently went at Tyler the entire That's because like, they wanted time. to leave. What? That's because they wanted to leave. Yeah, probably. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it, it, it is surprising, I guess, in a way, I, I, that teams don't do it more often. Um, but I guess, like you said, it is a regular season. Yeah. They're not doing like a lot of game specific stuff from game to game because there's so just so many games back to backs. Right. Um, but you know, it's late in the year. Like teams are kind of experimenting for the playoffs, different schemes. Um, and I think Philly was just like, we don't have Chuan B, we don't have James Harden. We got to do whatever we can, whatever works at this point. And they just ran the same play every time. They literally yeah. ran the same play for the last four minutes, and he could not stop it. Um, but yeah, I would say I'm more surprised that more teams don't do it more often. Yeah, I mean that is the um, the the playoffs expose your flaws, right? It's there's there's a lot of reasons in the NBA now that the playoffs are a different beast than the regular season, and uh, one of the biggest ones is that the playoffs ex- well one you know the, just the sheer effort basically, and whether that's the effort of the game planning and just the effort of guys you know not rest taking rest nights off or whatever and, and just guys straight up just tra- trying hard and playing more minutes. Um, so some of that goes into this, right? Like the game, like the game plans get, get more complex or, or sometimes simpler in the playoffs. Um, and the other thing is like the playoffs expose your flaws. And this is a flaw that is, you know, at the start of the year, we had it like on our checklist of like what to worry about with the heat is like, you know, at, at the time we didn't know that Tyler was going to be this, indispensable offensive player where he has to be on the court in crunch time. Um, so maybe we didn't think that teams were going to be able to like win games in the clutch by just going right at him over and over again. Um, but now, you know, it's something they, they got to figure out how to, how to stop. And, and like you were saying, it's, you know, Tyler's going to have his limit. He's never going to be Clay Thompson because he's not built like Clay Thompson, right? He's, he's always going to have these limitations the heat strength is that they can put four guys around him to, to stop it. Right. So to me, like what you were saying that where the guys are talking about, like we need to do a better job to help Tyler. Like it can sound like a cliche, like coach speak kind of thing, play, you know, standing up for your guys, but that's, that's how it's going to have to work. Um, or maybe sometimes Tyler's not going to be at the court at the end of these games. Yeah. I mean, the other question is if Victor Oladipo was healthy with Tyler have been on the court. Or if Gabe Vincent was available that game, would he have, would Tyler have been the court? I still think he would because Tyler has played a lot of fourth quarter minutes. Yeah, um, but his entire career, going back to his rookie year, exactly game. right. And then, like you said, they have four other really good defenders around him. So, um, you know, they, they played with it was Kyle, Bam, Jimmy, and Caleb Martin, and then yeah. Tyler. So they have four plus defenders on the court with him. And and again, I. You look back and it's easy to say, oh, Tyler didn't play good defense and they just, Tyler didn't stand a chance. He, they made some really tough shots over him. Um, Tyler used to actually just got, just got hot and really couldn't miss. So yeah, they took advantage of Tyler, but they also, it was some really good offense as well. Um, and I still think that they have enough good defenders where they will be able to kind of come, fix some of that stuff, um, just by, giving him better help on the back end. I also think if you look back at the fourth quarter, 
there were some really soft switches where you're like, they didn't have to do that. You, you didn't have to give Philly that matchup of Maxi against Hero. They could have, they could have fought through the screen, um, and, and just not switch that, that action. So, and I'm sure you'll see more of that in the playoffs too when there are more game specific, team specific, um, schemes, you know, when you're facing the same team three or four times and you know what they want to do. Uh, any other kind of big takeaways from you from last night? I mean, I, I guess the, the concern, you know, and again, it's one game, like, who cares ultimately? But like, yeah, like when, when they don't have Joel Embiid and, and James Harden, you, you'd like that to be an easy win. You'd like it to not even come down to the fourth quarter. Um, anything else that you're taking away from last night? I'm sure the Sixers are obviously taking, you know, that's I'm, when they're thinking of who their stiffest competition is between them and the finals. Um, the Heat are certainly on that list. And I'm sure they're, they're taking some confidence away from that, especially if uh, Tyrese Maxey can, can play like that. Yeah, I'm sure they are. And I, I guess my other big takeaway is – just that Markeith, again, played as the backup center for the second yeah. straight game. And it's something we spoke about that's probably going to happen, right? I think. It would have been interesting to see if, if uh, Embiid had played what, the, what they would have done. I think it would have been Deadman. And I, I asked Bo yeah. about this after the game. I said, because the first time it happened on, I think it was Saturday or Friday, one, Friday night, I believe. Um, he said, well, he wants to give Deadman a night off. He was looking for, you know, to give Deadman some time because he's been dealing with some minor, you know, minor things. And after last night's game, I asked him, is it, again, just giving Deadman a night off, or was it more matchup? And he said it was matchup-based. And he said he basically said, this is the way it's going to be moving mm-hmm. forward. Like, depending on who we're playing, it'll either be Marquis for Deadman. Um, so I think that's interesting because that's kind of – we think we talk about the rotation and, you know, setting a rotation. I don't think this rotation is ever going to be set, whether it's Marquis for Deadman and kind of, you know, the heat tinkering between those two and toggling between those two based on – the team they're playing, or Struess and Gabe Vincent and Vic, um, it's going to change from game to game, series to series. We know probably the 11 or 12 that will be in the rotation, like an option, like realistic options right. if they're healthy, yeah. but it'll be nine out of the 11 that'll play, you know? So um, Markeef at center is interesting. It hasn't always produced positive results, um, but I think it could work um, because it allows them to play kind of a similar style as to, you know, the way they play with Bam, where a guy who could switch, a guy who could run the offense through at the elbow in the mid-post, who can make a mid-range shot, um, doesn't clog up the paint. Um, so I, I think it is something definitely to keep your eye on moving forward. Uh, we got we got some listener questions uh, we'll get to in the second half of the episode. Uh, but before, you know, we're, as I said, 10 games left Uh Playoff bracket still gonna change a ton. Um, if you're the Heat, and obviously the Heat, it, like I said, ten games left, they're up two and a half games. I'd be pretty shocked if they don't get the one seed at this point. Are, are you in the same boat? Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I, I think I was doing the the math yesterday, and if the Heat just go five and five, I believe the Bucks and the Sixers have to go nine and two over their final eleven. Yeah. Um, to catch them because the Heat also have the tiebreaker over those two teams, and the Celtics have they have nine games left. They have to go seven and two. Right. Yeah. So so, so how just how five and you, five just just six and four over the final ten basically, basically clinches it for up. them because those teams would basically need to go undefeated to make that happen. So um, so what what's the bracket that you know the Heat? I can't imagine that Eric Spolstra is looking too much at this and like rooting for teams on any given night. But if you're the Heat, what's what's the bracket you're hoping for here? 
this is my personal opinion. I think you know, I, I think it's, you have to assume at this point he's going to be one, right? And yeah, right, that's why I, that's why I yeah. got that at the top. Yep. Yeah, you, you, you kind of assume he's going to be one. Um, I don't think you want to face Brooklyn in the first round, obviously. I think I don't think anybody wants to face Brooklyn in the first round. So, um, you know, Toronto tough matchup for the Heat, but you know, I think any of those teams—Cleveland, Toronto, Charlotte, Atlanta—like you take that in the first round if you're Miami. Yeah. Uh, Toronto um, would be annoying. I would not want to. Yeah. You know, Brooklyn obviously is last on that list, but Toronto like is going to get you to six games and be annoying. Yeah, it'd be a longer series. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland, Charlotte, Atlanta. To me, you know, Trey Young could like single-handedly win them a couple games, right? I mean, we saw how good they looked in the playoffs and stretches last year. Like, I know they have not been right all year, but um, to me, it's like. If I'm the Heat, give me Cleveland in their first playoff run, or, or give me Charlotte sure. in uh, kind of their first playoff run too. So I, I think that yeah, I think a Cleveland, Charlotte, Atlanta probably the better matchups yeah. for the Heat. Brooklyn last on that list. Yes. Um, probably even you probably won't even see them less than some of the teams in the top five or six yeah, spots. Chicago, right? I mean, Chicago's pretty has a nice cushion on yeah. on that, but like they obviously also you would love. For them to fall and have to play them rather than yeah right right so I, yeah I think right now the Heat are in a okay spot I mean you hope that Brooklyn I mean Brooklyn probably not going to get out of the playing because they're three away um, there's not much time left but I guess you hope that they win that first yeah, game yeah win that first game <laughs> that's going to be musty for the for Heat fans because that is going to be a scary moment yes because if they win if they, assuming they get the let's say they get the seven or the eight you know they're they're only one up on the nine right now so it's not a yeah. given. Um, if they win that seven eight game, they get the seven seed. Just just to remind people, they have to keep like if you're a Heat fan, you need to root for Brooklyn because if they fall to nine, right? If they 10, fall into the nine ten, they're gonna be eight. Then they're <laughs> probably. Going, probably they'd have to win two in a row, which is yeah. not a given. Um, no, but uh, yeah, they would have to. They they could not get up to the seven if they're in that eight nine. Just to remind exactly. how the plan works. Exactly. Um, and then I I think right now the way the standings are set, at least as of um. What is this, Tuesday? Tuesday afternoon? Yeah. Chicago is, looks pretty solidly in five. Yeah, like, I think Boston, I think you want Philly and Milwaukee to face each other in the second round. And right now that would happen because you're 2-3. And, yeah. you know, Boston is really, looks really, really good. Um, that's going to be a – that would be a really tough series if Boston beat Chicago uh, in the first round to face Miami in the second round. But mm-hmm. I think if you're Miami, you take your chances and – just let Philly and Milwaukee beat up on each other and maybe, you know, see the winner of that series in the conference finals if you can get by or, Boston. Or Brooklyn, maybe. It would be in that, right? If they're or in Brooklyn. That. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it could be Brooklyn. Philly Brooklyn. getting Brooklyn would be hysterical. Oh, I'm sure the NBA would love that, right? Yeah. Every one which of those right now, Which like right now, finals. Philly is in two as we speak right now, off of tiebreakers, I believe. Yeah. Um, and obviously Brooklyn is eight right now, but one win away from getting to seven. So we're like, it's like a 50-50 chance. Like if the season ended today, it would be a 50-50 chance, basically, that uh, that would be the matchup, which would be incredible. I think for the Heat, it's too it's obviously too late right right now, but if you're Philly, Milwaukee, or Boston. By the way, I'm, I'm, I don't have to interrupt you. I'm, I have the Miami Open on, on on my TV in the background. Jimmy Butler is being interviewed right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I saw Alexander Barkov is there, too. This I think I saw there's a big face coffee stand at the Miami Open this year. Oh, so. did you really? I'm gonna I'm gonna like turn the volume up. Keep talking. <laughs> if he says anything great while we're on. Let me know. I'll write a story if he says anything newsworthy. Yeah. Um. What was I saying? Um. 
Honestly, I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. Um, well, no, I was just saying basically like, oh, if you're, if you're Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, you're, you all have, you know, pretty much tied in the standings. I, I think you just want to avoid two, right? Like, I feel like most of those teams are not going to try. Like, they don't want to get two because that means they probably will fit, might face Brooklyn. If you follow three or four, you're pretty much guaranteed of not facing Brooklyn in the first round. So I think that'll be interesting to see the fight for that two spot um, because it might not be a great spot um, to be in. Once yeah, three is weirdly the sweet spot, it feels like now, right? Because you're guaranteed to avoid Brooklyn if you're in yeah. that spot. Um, and... Um, you know, you might get Brooklyn in the second round, but you also, you know, you like to me, like three is the sweet spot. Two is not great because you might face Brooklyn. One is, you know, one is not great because you might face Brooklyn, but I, I think it's more likely they're going to be seven, right? Like, yeah. I'd probably say that right now. And, um, and then, you know, four, you definitely avoid Brooklyn, but then you play the Heat in the second round on the road and, you know, like, Three is weirdly the sweet spot. Like, it's it's so strange that like that's that's how the playing kind of makes it work. Yeah, I still think that you should be able to, if you're number one, you should be able to pick your opponent between seven and eight. I think, that I think we might get that. Right. Yeah. Um, I I still think one seed holds some value, um, because I mean this seems pretty obvious, but it, it does make a difference where you know if they. If if they don't get Brooklyn, it's a good spot to be in because then you have home court against Philly, you have home court against Milwaukee, you have home court against Boston, you have obviously have home court against Brooklyn. So any of those really really tough teams you're going to face, you're going to have one extra home game, and that could be the difference in a series. So that's an advantage that he will have um, over all those teams. That yeah, you know maybe three is a sweet spot right now, but in the end, when you make it to the conference finals and you're facing Milwaukee, and you have that game seven at home, you want that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, let's finish things up by answering some Twitter questions. First one from at Brian Almo 11. Uh, how optimistic are you about Victor Oladipo's role in future with the team, given his injury in Miami's depth at the guard position? It's interesting. I, I Last week I would have said he's going to be part of the rotation. Yeah. And now I'm not so sure. I don't know if he's going to run out of time. And that's not – Vic's fault. It's just a matter of circumstances and just the roster crunch with so many guys who have very good cases to be in the rotation. And Vic has missed the last two games with back spasms. You know, I think the thinking is he'll return Wednesday. I guess we'll see. You'll you'll know when you listen to this podcast. Um, but you know, can he stay healthy? Can he be available in the playoffs from game to game? 
he's still like on a minutes restriction. He hasn't played more than like 18 minutes. Um, still finding his rhythm. Obviously, he missed 11 months of games. He hasn't really played much in the past two or three years because of the injuries. So I still think he's an, a, a useful player for them because in late-game situations, like last night, he could be in there instead of Tyler, especially for if you need more defense. Yeah. Um, and he gives you some. He still gives you something offensively as a guy who can get downhill and facilitate and also create for himself. So I still think there's a use for him. I just don't know if he's going to have a consistent role because you really can't depend on him from game to game. Yeah, like it would, at this point, do you would you put him in the rotation over Caleb Martin? No, would you no, put him in the rotation so. over Gabe Vincent. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's, that's the one. Maybe. But I don't know. You have you have a case we, that we made. Yeah, we obviously, we obviously talked a lot about Max Struess last week and where, yeah. where he might fit in. Like it, it's tough, um, and it's kind of basically you know like I said, Caleb Martin's going to be in this rotation almost certainly. Um, I think it's going to come down, and again, like we said, it might be situational with whether it's. A Gabe Vincent night if they feel like they need some more ball handling or, or Kyle gets in foul trouble. Uh, maybe it'll be a Struce night if, if they need some three-point shooting. And, you know, maybe if Victor Oladipo looks really good in practice for a few weeks, it'll be Victor Oladipo. Is that extra, right. like, guard spot, basically, that they have? Yeah, I think he, I think that's kind of what his role is going to be. I, I feel like he'll probably be right on the edge of the rotation, and it could be a game-to-game thing where sometimes he plays, sometimes he has a bigger role, sometimes he plays a few minutes, sometimes he doesn't play at all. But it'll just depend on how guys are playing and you know the matchup, Vic's health. Um, but I don't think at this point you could just pencil him in as a guy. Okay, we're gonna play him twenty minutes a game. and just think he's gonna be there every night. Like he hasn't proven that yet, and yeah. he just came back from a yeah. serious injury. Um, so yeah, I, I I think he'll play in the playoffs. I just don't know about you know how consistent yeah, that, his role will be. Yeah, yeah like, like you said, it's it's eleven guys basically, and they'll pick nine of them essentially. Right. But really, what it is is it's they got seven guys locked in basically, right? The starting five plus Tyler plus um, I, I think I think we both Caleb. think Caleb Martin. Yeah, and then um, either Ma- and then either and then Deadman or one, Markeith. There's one yeah. spot where it's two guys, whether it's going to be Deadman or Markeith. One is going to play on any given night, and the other probably won't. And then it's those three other guards. Um, as that ninth spot in the rotation, basically. So. I just wonder if there's some matchups, like you're playing Philly, a really big team, or Cleveland, or you know, another big team, where Markeith and Dedman are both in. Both in the rotation, yeah, and then it becomes even tougher to, to get yeah. all the guards' minutes. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's there will be tough decisions, but it's really going to be matchup-based. I yeah. think that's what we've learned here over the last couple of weeks, where, again, there is a, maybe a set seven, but after that, it's going to fluctuate from game to game. Ultimately, I, I think the Victor experiment has been worthwhile for the Heat. And, um, you know, I think it's mostly been a good situation for Victor, too. Like, what well, you know, if he was on, uh, I'm, I don't know, who's a less deep playoff team right now? Like, would he be in a position, like, if he was in Brooklyn or something, would he, like, right. definitely be in their play, playoff rotation? Probably. Probably. Um, and and maybe, maybe he wishes that was the case here in Miami, but... Um, I mean, just the general recovery, and obviously we're comparing it against nothing. Like, maybe it would have been exactly the same in, in Brooklyn as the, like, road to recovery has been for him here in Miami. But uh, I think it's definitely, like, been positive. Like, Victor Oladipo is going to be in a position where, you know, he's he's not going to get, like, a, probably a multi-year contract out of this or, or big money necessarily. But, like, there's going to be teams out there this offseason um, that are going to talk themselves into Victor Oladipo based off of what, uh, they've seen here in these uh, 
whatever it's been like last, you know, whatever he's going to play 15 games or so, I, I guess probably. Um, like, it, and he's looked pretty good and it's a good situation he's been in. I think it's, it's worked out nicely for him. And, and again, if he has a couple of moments in the playoffs, um, it really validates the whole enterprise. Yeah. And the heat hold his bird rights as well. So yeah, exactly. if, if, all of a sudden he does become like a guy who's scoring 15 points a game and five assists and getting a couple of steals. He can bring them back, even though they're right up against the cap. So it's a good situation for both sides where he took a chance and, you know, they knowing that he was going to miss most of the season, um, but they get his bread right. So if he just play, does play well, they have an advantage in bringing him back. And then for Vic, look, he lived like he basically lived in Miami before he even got to the heat. So he basically yeah. was able to rehab at home <laughs> With the Heat, being a title contender, um, and have a chance to play, you know, for a championship. So, yeah. I think for both sides, it's been a good situation. Uh, from at Seberoni tweets, how can the Heat maneuver lineups that compromise one side of the court, especially in the clutch? Feels like either our offense is painfully congested inside, or our defense is giving up a layup line. Kind of goes back to what we were talking about from Monday. Yeah, I mean that's been a conversation for like three, three years now, right? Right. Even yeah, it is. It is. But I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think any team has that settled. Like, every, not every – Yeah, the only nice, team that really ever had that – There are two teams that ever had that. The big three Heat and the, uh, the like, KD Warriors. Like, literal super teams are, like, right, the, like the perfect team. I mean, there, yeah. there aren't just, – there just aren't many – Michael Jordan's Bulls did that because they had the best player of all time and two of the ten best defensive yeah. things of but, all time. But then you still had, like, Steve Kerr out there. Yeah, that's true. Or, or John Paxson. Like, there's always one, you know? Like, I – you're not going to have – very rarely you're going to have five guys that you could count on to be very good on both ends, you know. So I, I think that he'd have a good setup right now where they have four very good defenders on the court uh, most times. Three, three, three very good two-way players with Jimmy, Tyler – or Jimmy, Bam, and uh, Kyle, right? All, okay. all three of those guys I would say are like two-way – Yeah can do a ton for you on offense and obviously very good defensive players. And Caleb shooting 41% on threes this year. So, I mean, he's pretty good. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. Not, I agree. He's not that what Bam, Jimmy, and Kyle are offensively, but he's been very good offensively for them too. So, I mean, you're talking about four very good two-way players at this point. I mean, Caleb, you can put in that group with the season he's having. Mm-hmm. And Tyler is – I mean, I think you need Tyler on the court because he is your best shot creator, and we've talked about how important that is late in games. Um, he didn't have a great game against Philadelphia. He shot five for 20. Those games are going to happen with the type of shots he takes. Um, but more often than not, you want him there on the court. Yeah, he's going to give up some buckets defensively. You're going to have to cover for him defensively. But um, I think that he'd have enough really good defenders to, to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I mean, in how many times in the playoffs are teams taking jumpers at the shot clock? Like that, that's going to be Tyler's job. And you need a, need a guy like that. Um, in some games, it could be Duncan. Duncan has it going. Yeah, that's true, be, too. You know, and he'll be the guy they pick on. But, yeah. again, they're going to have, whether it's Caleb or PJ with those with the other three, they're going to have four very, very good defenders that should help fix that. Yeah. I mean, they, that's yeah. how he got to the finals. Yeah, and if they're up 10 with three minutes left, you can play five defenders, right? You can, well, you can try to, like, run the clock yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, they, that's, the, that's, that's the great thing about their roster is they have a lot of different ways they could go. Um. And that's with Vic, too. I mean, Vic could be part of that all-defensive lineup. That might be his role. It might just be defense at this point. Yeah. Um, and it could be a group of, you know, instead of Tyler, it's Vic, and you have five 
elite defenders on the court, you know, and you put them in there to close the game. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be something we talk about, I'm sure, for the next however months this playoff run lasts um, because every game means so much. And every be every a lot game of they lose games. is what we're going to talk about probably. Because what? Every game they lose is probably going to be what oh, we yeah. talk about. It's going to be, be how they're yeah. going to lose most of the games they lose. Yeah. But no one's ever gone 4-4-4-4, four, 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 so uh, they're going to lose some games. They're going to win some games too because that exactly. was bad. Exactly. I think yeah. we're gonna we're gonna learn about a lot more about Tyler Hero during this playoff run. I think that's what I'm most looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bam too, but I, I'm just really intrigued to see how Tyler handles kind of his role when it comes to the playoffs, late in games, getting picked on defensively, how he takes the challenge, and then offensively just being that. You know, he, I think at some point the Heat are gonna have to let him have the have the ball in his hands in those situations, and it might not be Jimmy. Yeah. And have Jimmy play off the ball, which I think Jimmy's probably better at, honestly. Um, playing off the ball as a cutter or in pol- yeah, incredible you know, posting cutter. up. Yep. So um, I, I think this is going to be a big postseason for, for Hero. Yeah, come top 100 season, whatever that is, like late summer, you know, Tyler Hero could be as high as like 30 and he could be as low as 65 or something, right? It's going to all depend on what he is yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, so. Uh, last one, and I think it's a good one uh, because uh, we'll talk a little bit Bradley Beal here. From at Heatles Forever, if the team, especially Jimmy, struggles in the playoffs, what do you think they do in the offseason? Um, and this goes with uh, Shams reported um, that the Heat are interested in Bradley Beal. Not a surprise that they're interested, whatever like level of interest that is. The Heat are always uh, active, but... You know, right now the Heat, I'm sure Eric, Eric Spolster and Pat Riley, you know, Pat Riley especially is always thinking uh, chess moves ahead, right? So he's, I'm sure, has all these different variables running through his mind, like he's Doctor Strange. Um, but at the same time, they would love for this team to just win the championship and or get to the finals and be like, all right, we, we've got a nice little group we're working with here. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we touched on this even last week. Like We talked about Tyler Hero right. and who you would trade him for. And I think we both said we wouldn't trade him for Beal. Yep. Um, but that's what it would take, honestly. Like, if you're going to get yeah. Bradley Beal. Right, so that that's the thing, right? If if Hero, like we said, we're going to learn a lot about him in this playoffs. And if he uh, disappoints, um, then, then, yeah, maybe you're like, all right, is he ever going to be able to bring it right. at an all-star level in the playoffs? He's doing it basically in the regular season, but... As I said at the top here, playoffs and regular season are a different beast. Um, you but know, then the other it, question is, if he flops in the playoffs, do the Wizards want him? I don't think the Wizards are going to have a lot of leverage. Unless there's a big market for teams going for Bradley Beal, which is possible. Yeah. And you're trying to I, I just, yeah, it's kind of like, a, yeah, well, if he plays, you know, if, he, if Tyler Hill doesn't play well and he want to trade him, I, then you have to ask <laughs> Do the Wizards think they can do better for Bradley Beal? You know, if Beal gives them a list of whatever handful of teams you would want to go to, um, then all of a sudden he's biggest trade asset isn't as attractive as we think right yeah. now. So, but it is, I mean, you're not trading Jimmy. He just had a yeah. four year extension. Um, that's going to take him until he's like 36 years old, I think, or 35, whatever, 35, 36. He's, you can't trade him at this point. Kyle, you're not going to trade him either. Um, He's in the first year of his three-year contract. It's going to be Tyler, and then you'll have to include like that, like Duncan or somebody else to make the money work. But Tyler would have to be the centerpiece. And uh-huh. that's, you know, when you ask that question, again, it's all going to depend on what happens in the playoffs, like you said. And the question is, do you what 
how much do you value Tyler? Because he is a young player that's going to get better. He's already shown he can be an elite scorer, and he's on a, still on his rookie deal next year. And even his extension will be a pretty good deal for the Heat, all things considered. All you got to do to to get um, Ted Leonsis to want to take on Tyler Hero is convince him that Tyler Hero is actually a French superstar and they can hold French Heritage Night because uh, Ted Leonsis' top priority it seems to be collecting players of all different nationalities to appeal to as many markets as possible. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's obviously too too early to talk about what they could do if things go wrong because, um, you know, so let's let's wait till they let's wait till things go wrong to talk about it. But yeah, uh, hey, that's just I guess yeah. If you're I guess my message to that fan is like I guess your hope should be that they don't have to deal with that question. Yeah, right. right. Like, live in the moment, Miami. Come to that. Live in the moment, Miami. I don't know if that will ever happen, but that I is don't a think good. Ever happen. That is a good way to live if you're the a good fan. News live in the Miami moment. fans though, that think that way is like I said. I'm sure Pat Riley is thinking of all the the permutations. Sure. Yeah, and, you know, even sure. if they lose, if they get to the finals and lose, and yeah, you know, they're going to be trying to upgrade, right? They, yeah. they did the run it back thing last time; it didn't work. Yeah, um, no, that's they're going to be looking for marginal up. You know, they're not. If they lose in the finals, they're not going to trade Tyler Hero for Bradley Beal, probably. But they're going to be looking. You know, can we package all these really good young assets like Struess and Caleb Martin and all these guys that we have on really cheap salaries? Uh, can we get a? Um, you know, like probably not going to be C.J. McCollum now, but like that kind of guy, like that yeah. that next level of, you know, top fifty NBA player in the building. So they'll they'll be they'll be creative. The thing with the Heat is, um, they're always the, the move that you don't think is possible is the move that they're that they always manage to figure out. Yeah, and look, the Heat are probably going to finish with the one seed. Yeah. This is one of the best teams, Heat teams in franchise history. Yep. They've only had the one seed three times. Um, before this will be the fourth, so just yeah, enjoy it. Like yeah, this was two, uh, Monday in Philadelphia was a tough loss. Um, there might be another tough loss coming up in the next few days, but at the end of the day, they're they're going to enter the playoffs as a top seed. They're going to be favored in most series, um, and they have, they're one of the handful of real title contenders mm-hmm. in the NBA. So it is a fun time of year. Let's wait to you know a few months at least, or at least a few weeks to discuss trades. Um, there'll be more than enough time for that this summer. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. I will actually be in the building for the first time in a long time on, on Friday, filling in for Anthony. Anthony, you got anything else, uh, coming? No, no, just day to day coverage. Um, you know, monitoring the playoff race. I think it's going to be even, even, uh, between right now and when, most people are listening to this podcast. It'll be different than what we just discussed. Um, it's a really tight race, and I'm just interested to see kind of where, you know, we kind of, again, we kind of know that here to be um, first in the East, but just kind of where the rest of the bracket ends up and who the Heat will match up with. Um, because there's a big difference between Brooklyn yeah. and uh, Charlotte. I'll say that. Yes, there definitely is. <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder if maybe, maybe we should be sending you to, to Brooklyn or wherever to, to cover the play-in. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's, it might be uh, it might might be worth bringing up to our boss, David. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's not a bad idea, actually. One, one of the biggest one of the biggest non Heat games yeah. in Heat history will be that play in that seven eight play in if the Heat if the Nets are in it. Yeah, it might be in Toronto. Yeah, it could be in Toronto. Right now, if the season ended right in now, Toronto. Toronto. So, 
Um, all right. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening, everyone, though, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week.